And on the Virtual Bible Study tonight, we want to talk about our worship. You know, our worship should be about pleasing God, but is it? Seems like there's a lot of emphasis of different religious groups on doing things that please men, attract men, entertain men. And what we're concerned is that we've actually lost the focus of worship. The focus of worship should be to please God, and it seems like there's a strong emphasis in trying to please men. So we'll look at that tonight. Should we be interested in pleasing men and God, or just pleasing God, or just pleasing man? We'll talk about it on the Virtual Bible Study, and we'll get started right after this. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. We're back on the Virtual Bible Study. Thank you for joining us on the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, uh, June 29th, 2017. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you Good to be with you tonight. And uh, Kyle, you're behind the board. Kyle, welcome back. It's uh, good to be here. It's good to have you behind, uh, have a capable hands behind the boards tonight and uh thank you for being on the other end of the line tonight and we'll look forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567 you can email questions at collegeu.com use those uh, contact uh that contact number and contact email anytime throughout the week whenever you may be listening to the program if you've got questions or comments about anything you've heard uh questions at collegeu.com or 877-381-4567 you're watching us live on the program tonight as chris is in the chat room hey chris good to see you tonight uh, you can sign in there with other listeners and share your comments if you're listening at thevirtualbiblestudy.com. Also, check us out on Facebook, and you can stream us live there, as many do as well, and catch us in the archives on Facebook and share uh, the post and the video with your friends. If you uh, would do that and help us get the word out there, check us out on Facebook. We are, I don't think we're on our web page yet. I'm trying uh, to figure out how there. to get this to go to our you web page. Yeah. You can do it. Uh, and um, if you'd like a bumper sticker... You can send us an email with your snail mail address to questions at collegeview.com. You mentioned last week we may be getting some new uh, versions of that bumper sticker, but those old ones are very those we, we still got some. We haven't ordered any new ones yet, but hopefully we okay. can well, soon. And those old ones may become collector's items, so you may want to get one. You got some, Kyle. You're sporting on your your vehicle. Oh, yeah. I got the, the two different kinds. You so, got yeah. two versions. Oh, yeah. You're getting, well, you got, I got the set. <laughs> you got the set. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll look forward to uh, hearing from you again. Send us an email and get your, your bumper sticker to help us spread the word about the program. We're talking tonight about our worship, whether it should be uh, pleasing to God or pleasing to man. A lot of folks in the religious world today are uh, really focusing on worship that uh, pleases them. Uh, lots of uh, amazing trends. Uh, Kyle, you, I don't know if you've seen the trend. Uh, lots of uh, churches are starting to meet in bars. Well, yeah, I know we've discussed... Uh Churches meeting in bars and churches meeting in uh, outdoor arenas for uh, that sell for the livestock. I know they have uh, oh the, the rodeo Cowboy churches, church over yeah, here. yeah. over here at the Tennessee Livestock uh, Producers, and yeah, I know there's uh, all kinds of arenas and uh, just places that really aren't uh, traditionally used for worship. So it's interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it is interesting and it is a trend that we're seeing. Uh, certainly there is an impact, a focus on that. And I think, I don't know, Kyle, if you ever buy the livestock barn when they're having worship service, uh, but I, I would imagine that there's quite a few people that are attending there. I haven't been by there on the Sunday yeah, mornings. I know I just see the, see the sign out there. Based right? upon the, sure. uh, the, based upon the number of churches that are propping up, uh, popping up doing that, it appears over, uh, that, that, that the, the, the results and, uh, are very, uh, overwhelming for folks that that is tra- drawing the numbers. And so it is a uh, reason for us to pause and consider what the scriptures teach on uh, that subject. I think we're there maybe. Okay. All right. Uh, good. I'm trying. Um, um, let me confirm. And if you're in the chat room, confirm that you are now able to see us. All right. Uh, no, maybe not. Okay. Well, you can keep working on uh, it. Maybe not. Uh, go to, if you can't get us on our website, and I don't think you can, go to uh, facebook.com slash virtual Bible study, 
and that will get you on our uh, Facebook page. Right. But I don't think I've got us uh, okay. well, live can, on our face. You, our, can, you uh, can keep working on that. So lots of folks in the religious world that are focusing on that. Kyle and I can just tell. And you want, if you want to swap places with Kyle, he can sit over here in your seat. <laughs> uh, Kyle, uh, lots of uh, uh, folks are doing this in the religious world. We have to ask the question, is it what God wants? And first and foremost, we can see that worship, it is possible for worship to not be pleasing to God. Now, if I'm going to worship God, I want him to be pleased with my worship. But the scriptures are very clear that it's possible to worship God in such a way that he's not pleased. So that needs to be the foundation of our discussion and our examination of this topic is, if I'm worshiping in a way that doesn't please God, then then I want to avoid that. And it is possible to worship in a way that does not please God. John 4, verse 24, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Now, we don't even have to get down to the fact uh, uh, and the, the examination of what spirit and truth means. Just from that one expression by Jesus, we can learn that there are certain criteria and requirements for worship. And if you don't worship in that fashion, whatever that fashion is, God's not pleased with it. Yes, I think it's uh, how we worship is just as important as who we worship, obviously. So it's just, and God has testified himself many times throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament just how important worship is to him. And those who worshiped him wrong in the Old Testament were punished immediately. So it's just, God has a definite way of knowing which way he defines worship, how he wants to be worshiped, and how he doesn't want to be worshiped. He doesn't have to say how he doesn't want to be worshiped. All right, so. He, he tells us that we've got to worship in spirit and in truth. Now, uh, truth obviously means that there's certain instructions that you've got to follow. Spirit obviously means that you need to have the right attitude and the right uh, heart about it. I think it's but, possible but, to go to an extreme of emphasizing one and neglecting the other. It, it takes both things. Both are necessary. Uh, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him. In spirit and in truth. And so both things are necessary. You know, we could be real strict about making sure everything was done exactly right, according to the Bible. And we should be. But if uh, if we weren't sincere and genuine, if our hearts weren't in it, if it, if it wasn't from uh, our inner man, uh, if our spirit wasn't involved, it wouldn't be acceptable to God. So it takes both things. So we're just getting down a fundamental principle and concept here that it is possible to worship God in a way that he doesn't approve, in a way that God is not pleased. And so we whatever we decide about this idea of the, moving your church to a bar or a rodeo arena just have to understand what that basic concept is that it is possible to worship God in a way that he's not pleased. In uh to our questions earlier today you asked is it possible to offer worship to God that's not pleasing to him? Kent in Calhoun, Georgia, replied, yes, Colossians 3, verse 17, that, as we know, says, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through him. He says here that we have to do all things in in Jesus' name or by his authority. And Kent adds, all acts of worship that are not authorized would be sin and non-pleasing to God. And so uh, thank you for, for that, Kent, and certainly we would agree. Lots of examples we could look at of folks that did uh, violate these principles. Well, I, I think one thing that we want to emphasize is that lots of people uh, would as, assume that anything you do is good. That if you if you call it worship, and if it's even nominally directed toward God, then he's going to accept that and everything will be good. And I, I, I really believe that a lot of people will be surprised at this idea that you can worship and God will not be pleased with your worship. Yes, absolutely. Um, and so uh, that is something that uh, would be a shock to some, you know, that, that if, well, if I'm doing something and I call it worship, then certainly God will be pleased and overjoyed. Not necessarily. For example, we can go back to the Old Testament and, uh, and look at the example of uh, Saul. When he was told to go and kill the Amalekites, and he disobeyed. He was supposed to thoroughly wipe them out, and he saved the king, and he saved the best of the animals. And in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 13 and 14, notice that Saul's excuse was he was going to worship God. He had disobeyed God in order to worship God. And uh, he said he had done everything that the Lord had commanded. But Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said, And blessed are you of the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. But Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? 
So Saul had utterly disobeyed the instructions that God had given him. Given him. And then in verse 15, uh, Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best to sacrifice to the Lord your God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. And verse 20, if you go down to 1 Samuel 15, verse 20, Saul said to Samuel, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me and brought back Agag, king of Amalek. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites, but the people took of the plunder, sheep, and oxen, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. So the idea here is that, well, we were going to have us a great big old sacrifice, Kyle, and we, we saved even the best. We didn't, we didn't save the offcast. We saved the best because we wanted to worship God with that and, and offer sacrifice to the Lord. Now, folks in the religious world today would have said, well, God would certainly be happy about that. They, 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 they're sacrificing, after all. This is service to God. God should be pleased and happy. But we understand that he wasn't. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. So God was not pleased with Saul for his uh, ideas about worshiping. He didn't just uh, say, well, they're worshiping me, that's all that matters. No, he says that it is obey, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. We've got to be obedient. We've got to be worshiping God in the way that he's prescribed, or else our worship is just like Saul's. All right. I think, I think that's exactly right. And again, people would be uh, be shocked maybe to... If they, that's a really well-known Old Testament uh, account, and I think, but I think people would be shocked to know that God, even though that was suggested as a great worship act, God was not pleased with it, and He wouldn't accept it. All right, and and so uh, uh, the idea that we could worship God any way we want, uh, that that He doesn't care, and He's He's pleased with anything that we would do, is just simply not right. Right. The, the idea is that this is this is about God and not about us, and I think that's the thing we really got to emphasize. All right, let's take a quick a quick break, and uh, when we get back, we'll continue. There's more examples we can go to to point to the fact that people who worship God any way that they please, without uh, yielding to His instructions, were uh, not acceptable to God. And it is possible then, as we can continue to build the case. It is possible to worship God in a way that's not pleasing to him. And uh, we certainly want to avoid that. We'll take your thoughts on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. Got a question about something you've heard on the virtual Bible study? Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. We'll be right back after this. I'm Larry Raspberry, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with a question for you. Do you believe in parachutes? I suppose you do. You believe they exist, but... That's not what I mean. There's a difference between believing something or someone exists and putting your confidence in it or him. One who has seen a parachute knows they exist, but has never put his confidence in one. Trying one on while standing on the ground isn't faith either. Going up in a plane intending to jump out with a parachute on is not faith in the parachute either. Opening the door at the moment of truth and gazing outside to the ground is not faith either. It is only when one jumps out the door, counts to ten, and pulls the ripcord that he has actually put his faith in the parachute. Many of you believe parachutes exist, but only a few have actually put your faith in one. Many people in the world say they believe God exists, but only a few put their faith in him for salvation by doing what he says. We'd love to help you in developing a saving faith in God. If we can be of assistance, please contact us. Send an email to questions at collegeview.com or call us at 877-381-4567. And thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Temper gets you into trouble. Pride keeps you there. We live what we believe. All the rest is just religious talk. If you think living for the Lord is difficult, try dying without Him. 
Man, wish I'd said that. How about logging off of Facebook and getting into God's book? The virtual Bible study continues. Now we're back on the program tonight. Uh, a little bit of an irony there. We're having some trouble with Facebook, but uh, uh, getting that embedded on our website. But it's working on, on Facebook itself, so you do not want to get off Facebook tonight. So, um, we're talking about worship and the fact that it is possible to offer worship to God that's not pleasing to him. Saul certainly did that in his intentions to save the best of the Amalekites to to offer sacrifice to God. Those in Amos uh, chapter 2, uh, talking here about the Israelites, very wicked they were They were at this time in, in Amos chapter 2, beginning verse 6. For, Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Israel and for four, I will not turn away its punishment because they sell the righteous for silver and the poor for a pair of sandals. They pant after the dust of the earth, which is on the head of the poor. And pervert the way of the humble. A man and his father go into the same girl to defile my holy name. Very wicked, very corrupt. The Israelites were not living as they should. And yet they were still continuing to worship God. So they were just living any way that they wanted to, worshiping God. And yet God tells them in Amos chapter 5, beginning of verse 21, but he thought about their worship. In Amos 5, verse 21, beginning... I hate, I despise your feast days, and I do not savor your sacred assemblies. Though you offer me burnt offerings and your grain offerings, I will not accept them, nor will I regard your fatted peace offerings. Take away from me the noise of your songs, for I will not hear the melody of your stringed instruments. God said, hey, you can worship me, but I'm not going to be pleased. I despise your worship, even though you're offering it to me. I despise it, I hate it. Because they were living a wicked life, God was not pleased with the worship of those Israelites in that day because of their wickedness. Again, building the case, the fact, just not getting into particulars, but just to the fact that God, folks in the past have worshipped God, and he's detested it, despised it, not accepted it. It's not been pleasing to him. Very, that's, that's, that's the, if we don't get anything else across in our study tonight, I hope that people will pick up on the clearly explained throughout the scriptures is that you can worship God and He will not accept it. You can worship God and He won't be pleased. It, it, it's, it's a historical reality in the Old Testament, uh, and it's a reality in the world today. In Deuteronomy chapter 12, the Israelites, as they were going to enter into the land of Canaan, were told that there were places where God did not want them to worship. In Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 2, beginning, You shall utterly destroy all the places where the nations which you shall dispossess serve their gods, on the high mountains and on the hills and under every green tree. And you shall destroy their altars, break their sacred pillars, and burn their wooden images with fire. You shall cut down the carved images of their gods and destroy their names from that place. You shall not worship the Lord your God with such things. Certainly, there's some restrictions on how the, the Israelites were to worship, and had they worshipped with it within these places, with these things that they were told to destroy, God would not have accepted that worship. Again, just a basic fundamental principle that God doesn't accept anything and everything that one might call worship. Don't you get? Don't you think? Uh, uh, some people might say, "Well, yeah, but that's the, that's Old Testament scripture." Uh, all so far, Jacob, all the examples that you've referenced are from the Old Testament. Well, God was more of a God. Here's here's the argument that we made. God was more of a God of laws and regulations back in Old Testament times. Uh, he's a God of grace now, and and uh, he's much more tolerant and uh, uh, accepting than he was in Old Testament times. I think that might be a possible response. But we could prove the same thing that we're saying. Using these Old Testament examples, we could prove from some New Testament texts, too. continues to go in the New Testament as well. We looked at John 4, verse 24 as one of those New Testament passages uh, that says that uh, there are certain requirements for our worship. But Matthew 15, verses 8 and 9, uh, is another passage where Jesus condemns uh, certain types of worship as being vain. He says in Matthew 15, verse 8, beginning, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. So there's a certain type of worship that Jesus says is vain if we're teaching and uh, the doctrines uh, 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 as doctrines the commandments of men. That makes our worship vain. So there's some worship in the New Testament that God says is worthless, is not acceptable to yeah. him. And then... Paul, so 
Jesus stated that. The Apostle Paul stated in Colossians 2.18, Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. In other words, Paul was saying some people could lead you astray and get you involved in some kinds of worship that are worthless, good for nothing. And so, again, I, I think it's important for us to stress that throughout the Bible, in both Old Testament text and New Testament text, we see that there's a kind of worship that you can do that God will not accept. All right. So uh, we certainly don't want to be guilty of that. Could we be guilty of that? We'll have to talk about that as we go along, because uh, just because we may be worshiping God on Sunday or some other day of the week doesn't mean that he's happy and he's pleased with it. Uh, certainly there are more things to consider. Okay. All right. So, uh, was, is it possible to offer worship to God that's not pleasing to him? And that's got to be a definite yes. I mean, I don't know how anybody yep. could, uh, could come to a different conclusion based upon the scriptures that have been offered. Yep. So the second question is, who is the proper object of our worship then? Uh, is it God or is it man? And how would you prove or argue that, that we have to make God the object of what we're doing? Now, that seems like such an obvious point that we shouldn't even have to, to mention it. But there's some people who are really missing that. I've got a quote that was uh, made by Victoria Osteen. Mm-hmm. She's the wife of Joel Osteen. I think probably all everybody who's listening knows who Joel Osteen is. Um, his wife, she made, she sort of made some news headlines because some people really picked up on this pretty quickly. And, I, and, and she got some criticism for it, and I think rightfully so. Here's what she said. I just uh, So they're at a worship assembly. She says, I just want to encourage every one of us to realize when we obey God, we're not doing it for God. I mean, that's one way to look at it. We're doing it for ourselves because God takes pleasure when we're happy. That's the thing that gives him the greatest joy. So I want you to know this morning, just do good for your own self. Do good because God wants you to be happy. When you come to church, when you worship him, you're not doing it for God, really. You're doing it for yourself because that's what makes God happy. Amen. Well, I wouldn't amen that, but uh, and a lot of folks didn't. I think that she made a lot of waves with that, that statement. But, but uh, now, I, I think that we should probably be fair and say there is a sense in which worship. I mean, okay. God exists. Uh, God is self-existence, it, 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 and He's not He's not dependent upon us uh, to worship Him. He could, He'd get along fine without that. He did for an eternity before He created man. He will do it for an eternity after the universe is destroyed. God doesn't need mortal human beings to worship Him in order for Him to exist. And so, in a sense, He doesn't need it. We understand that. But this statement suggests it's all about us. It's all about pleasing ourselves, feeling good, being happy. Uh, and and that really makes man the object of the worship rather than God. And that's a big problem. Yes, it, it is uh, putting the center of it at, at man and what makes him happy, what pleases him. And uh, and then the if, taking that to its logical conclusion then, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to serve God in things that make me happy. And if it doesn't make me happy, if God told me to do something and it doesn't make me happy, then I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's all going to be about me, and it's not going to be about God. That's that's uh, probably pretty, pretty far down the spectrum, though, of how far out people have gotten, but or at least how they vocalized it. But a lot of folks are doing very similar things in their worship uh, and, and don't see any issue with it. And, and basically, it's... Uh, um you know, pretty much anything goes, and and people are looking for that. They're looking for fun. They're looking for entertainment. Uh, they're looking to, for something that pleases them. Um, pretty often, we we get uh, uh, calls, uh, and people want to know about what programs do you have for me, or for my family, for my children, for my teenagers. Uh, and and the and what people seem to be seeking in religion these days is how it serves me, how it suits me, rather than whether or not it's in accordance with God's will and and pleasing to Him. Yeah, um, and uh, certainly the scriptures tell us the exact opposite. They paint a different picture. In the Old Testament, again, they were they were told that they needed to be worshiping God and God alone. Uh, verse Exodus thirty four fourteen for you shall worship no other god for the Lord whose name is Jehovah is a jealous God. They were told they were only to worship God. 
Yeah. Now, that's different. A lot of folks today are worshiping themselves, it appears. But he, they were told only to worship God. Uh, all On Psalm 86, verse 9, All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. Again, just told to worship God. Um, Psalm 19, 99, verse 9, Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. Worship God. Over and over again in the Old Testament, they're told to worship God. And in the New Testament, Matthew 4, verse 10, Jesus said, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And so Jesus understood the principle, taught it, instructed it, demanded it. All right. Um, So, again, uh, we're to worship God, not ourselves, uh, contrary to what many are doing today. Um, you know, we could go even to the very famous statement in the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20, verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. Uh, of course, that was a big problem among the Israelites. They, they didn't honor God, and they did place, and they worshiped other gods. And, and of course, they were going to be judged for that, and they, they, they suffered punishment from God because they had not worshiped him acceptably. All right. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Kent in Georgia, to the question, would you argue that the proper object of our worship must be God? He references uh, John 4.24 that we referenced earlier. God is a divine spirit, and they that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And so the object of our worship is God from John chapter 4, verse 24. Thank you for that, Kent. All right. Let's grab a, let's grab our... Uh half hour break uh to get our bullet point and uh when we come back uh, let's talk about the danger of trying to please ourselves in worship uh and and maybe illustrate how people are doing that all right what's the danger in that uh it shouldn't be so bad after all is it to, to do what i want to do in worship i mean after all i want to get some type of experience i want to be moved Is that a bad thing? We'll talk about that on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues after this. Wow, it isn't so hard to understand the Bible after all. There's more exciting study and discussion coming after these messages. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. There's a natural tendency to compare ourselves to those who are around us. The result is a general conformity with the norms of the society in which we live. How we dress, talk, and act are affected to various degrees by what we observe in others. This conformity is not all possible for us to relate to those within our circle of influence. Paul said that, quote, Unto the Jews I became a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. 1 Corinthians 9, beginning verse 20. A social oddball or misfit will have little ability to influence others in any positive way. A problem arises, however, when we take this comparing and conforming too far. We are warned, quote, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, Romans 12, verse 2. The danger is that we will begin to imitate the people around us in ways that lead to sinful thoughts and actions. For example, we can dress, talk, and act like those in our society, but only insofar as it does not violate God's law. Stylish clothes are not wrong, but immodest ones are... Using popular phrases and expressions is okay, but not if they convey an evil message. Do you see what we mean? Ultimately, it becomes a matter of authority. What is your standard? How do you determine what is right and wrong? If societal norms constitute your highest authority, then you will be carried along with whatever becomes popular. This will inevitably lead to sinful choices. For instance, the popular culture would have condemned homosexuality 25 years ago. Today, it's widely accepted. The Bible, though, has never changed in its denunciation of this sin. Read Romans chapter 1, beginning verse 26. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12, We dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Let's be sure the spiritual standing before God, not by the ever-changing popular trends, but by the absolute and unchangeable standard of his word. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the Virtual Bible Study. God's Word has the answers. Let's get back to studying it. The Virtual Bible Study rolls along. And we're back on the program tonight reminding you this program is brought to you by the College U Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. And uh, we would encourage you to find out more about our worship there, about what we believe, what we practice. You can find out how to stream uh, sermons or uh, or podcast sermons that have been recently presented to the College U Church. 
Find out more about us at thevirtualbiblestudy.com, and we'd like to hear from you. If you have a question about something you've heard, a comment, or you'd like to suggest a topic or a question to be considered for a future edition of the Virtual Bible Study, we welcome those comments or questions at any time. Questions at collegeview.com. If you know somebody who would uh, like to come and be a guest on the program, maybe someone who disagrees with something that we've said and uh, would be willing to come and join us for a kind, friendly discussion about our disagreements, we'd welcome that as well at any time. Questions at collegeview.com. Again, the email address to use. We're talking about our worship tonight. Is it to be pleasing to God or pleasing to man? And is our website pleasing to man tonight? Have you got it figured out? No. No. Striking out on that. Well, that's uh, it, it is this. Uh, that, Facebook's made some changes on us, and uh, okay, uh, you're stuck. Well, that's we're, okay. We're kind of stuck. That's all right. You're, the folks are listening to Facebook, and they're commenting over at thevirtualbiblestudy.com. Maybe send you some comments at Facebook as well. You might want to check that there, and uh, we'll just continue the discussion where we are. We're going to ride the horse that we're on right now because uh, the other one is not working. Uh, we've looked at the fact that it is possible to offer worship to God that's not pleasing to Him that our worship must be uh, directed to God and not about man. And we asked then the question before the break, Is it does the Bible address the problem of men abusing worship to please themselves? I think they do, and I've got some examples, uh, and, and I, I would encourage those who are listening, maybe you know some examples too, but came across this uh, the other day, um, Lawrence Bishop, co-pastor of the Solid Rock Church in Monroe, Ohio, announced that he was going to ride a bull in the church building to get people to services. Now, they were coming to watch, not to worship God. He says he's he's, he's pulling them in with the bull. Well, he said so. He says, what God laid on our heart to do is to buck two wild rodeo bucking bulls inside the church sanctuary as a tool to get people to come to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So they're coming not to worship God. They're coming to watch the bull riding. And so the the gospel's not the draw. No. The bull riding is the draw. Okay. And then ABC, that was from ChristianNews.net. Then ABC News, after the fact, reported what happened. In front of a packed church, Pastor Lawrence Bishop II climbed up on the back of a snorting, anxious bull named Bone Crusher. The animal was let loose, and Bishop hung on tight as he was bucked around the ring, uh, the ring he built inside his Ohio church. He lasted about three seconds before being thrown off and trampled. Battered and bruised, the 48-year-old preacher then picked himself up, climbed to safety, and began his sermon. When he asked new believers to come forward to be baptized, the response was huge, and about 300 people stepped up. Wow. And so clearly that was, I mean, the draw was the bull riding, and it was to please the people who would come. They they couldn't be drawn with just preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. They had to come. Well, he would say, look at the end. The end justifies the means. 300 people were baptized that day. And so he would argue, I'm sure, that it was a great success. But you have to wonder, were those people converted to the Lord or were they converted to a situation that pleased them? Yeah, uh, it, it's shocking. And a lot of folks would have a problem with that. Yo, you can't build a bull riding arena in the church building. You can't do that. That's that's over the top. That's too far. Well, on what basis do you say it's too far? Can you also then say, well, we're not going to do the bull riding, but we're going to do the light show and the smoke generator, uh, with the, the, the rock praise band. band, the praise groups. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, we're going to tape the hundred dollar bill underneath the one one seat in the auditorium, and if you come in and it's under your seat, you get it. All they, kinds they, of stuff they, people are doing that they don't have a problem with. They say, oh, the bull riding is too much. That's too far. Well, if that's too far, then what about the other things? Are those too far? And how do you determine that? Um, there's just tons of examples. Uh, some of our listeners probably have heard of the Bar Church of Christ uh, in Abilene, Texas. It's a satellite of the Southern Hills Church of Christ, and it meets in a bar. Yeah. Uh, it, and here's a quote from their website. Quote, sermons will be short and alcohol will be served only when the service is over. Mm-hmm. So the promise is we'll keep it. We'll keep the preaching short and you can have your booze as soon as we're done. Yeah. Uh, who who do you think that's aiming to please? Yeah. 
Uh, we have a we have a church split off of a Church of Christ in Nashville that's now meeting in a bar, and you just wonder who who are we trying to who are we trying to please here in the in these is, kind of is endeavors. Is the focus of our worship on God or on men? Certainly, some reason to stop and consider. I think that's a, a huge problem in, in the religious world. Obviously, that the, the focus is off of God and it's on to men. Clearly, yeah. Um, Matthew chapter 5, I mean, Matthew chapter 23, verse 5, beginning, Jesus condemns the Pharisees because they were worshiping uh, you know, with a focus on themselves and not on God. They were worshiping to be seen by men. So there was their, their objective was not just to worship God. It was about pleasing themselves and stroking their ego in Matthew 23, verse 5, beginning. But all their works they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. They love the best places at feast and the best seats in the synagogues. Uh, they were worshiping God in order to please themselves, to get that, uh, that exactly. those accolades. Exactly. All right. Now, we actually do have a case in the life of Jesus where it's clear that the people came in order to satisfy themselves they came for selfish reasons and this is a text in john chapter six in the first part of john chapter six jesus actually fed a large crowd of people with just a a a handful of food Uh, two different episodes in the life of jesus where he miraculously fed thousands of people with just a tiny little bit of food and this was one of them he fed five thousand men uh, with just i think five loaves and two fishes and then the next day the but they did, they had not been promised food they didn't come because they were promised food the food the food was a subsequent yes. uh activity yep. uh but the next day when jesus uh perceived that they had now come in order to selfishly receive food uh, Jesus said in John 6, verse 26, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. And then he urged them, do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life. So, and interestingly, Jesus didn't feed them that day. Yeah. He had fed them the previous day, but they weren't drawn with that. That wasn't the drawing card. That was actually a, 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 something that came later. Uh, I think in the other episode where he s- served thousands, they had actually been with him three days before any food was offered to right. them. Right. Uh, and so, um, again, when they when when Jesus perceived that they were following for selfish reasons to please themselves, uh, he he would he would not uh, go along with that. And that would be applicable to the kind of things we're talking about here. All right, we asked the question to our listeners today. Does the Bible address the problem of men abusing worship to please themselves? Kent replied with a yes, and he references Colossians 2, verses 20 through 23, which says, Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as through living, as a living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using, according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. And so they were engaged in certain religious activities that were a formula prescribed by men, commandments of men, and it was worthless, and they were condemned for that. And we can do the same when we're worshiping in a way that man is prescribed for the pleasing of of man and worshiping so that they're happy exactly right okay uh uh, again when worship becomes self-centered when it's focused on satisfying our fleshly desires our likes and dislikes and when it's not aimed at the one who is the right and proper object of worship it's just not acceptable all right now a simple question here with these principles put in place you you can you can worship god in such a way that he will not accept it and in order for him to accept it he has to be the object of worship he has to be the focus of the worship it has to be in accordance with his will i just i would just throw out a question to our listeners what percentage of the worship that's done of that which is called worship bull riding and all the rest of that which is called worship how much do you think is really registering favorably with God? I would have to think that an incredibly small percentage of all the things called worship are even close 
to that which God desires. All right. Now, again, in the extreme, I can see the principle. I can see that the bull riding is uh, is too much, that that's not going to be pleasing to God, that that's all about the, the audience, uh, what they want, and, and their entertainment, their pleasure. But is it possible that I'm doing the same to a different degree? We need to get a break, and when we get back, we'll take that question up. What are some ways that men have made worship about pleasing themselves instead of pleasing? Some ways and it's that not just and it's not just bull riding. It's not. It could be me. Yeah, it could, it could be you on the other end of the line tonight. Yeah, yeah. where you're just as guilty as the guy riding the bull in the in the uh, arena in the church building. Yeah. What are some ways that we can be guilty of that? We need to look at that and do a little self examination. When we get back, so we hope you'll stay tuned. We'll go to the top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Don't go anywhere. You might miss something. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Hi, I'm Lane Crawford, a member of the College View Church of Christ. If you've never visited with the College View Church of Christ, you may be wondering what our worship services are like. One thing we have at every worship service is music. We believe God has commanded that music be a part of our worship. But something you may notice about our worship is that the music we have in our worship is different than the music used by many in the religious world today. The music we worship God with is strictly vocal. We don't believe God has commanded us to worship Him with instrumental music. Therefore, since we want God to approve of the worship we offer Him, we only worship in the way that he has specified. In Colossians 3.16, God instructs, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Instructions like this in which only vocal music is commanded are the only instructions we can find in the New Testament. Since God didn't tell us that he wanted us to worship him with instrumental music, how can we be sure that he wants that kind of worship? We do know that if we worship God like he prescribed with vocal music, that he'll be happy with that kind of worship. We hope you'll make plans to visit with the College of Church of Christ to learn more about what our worship is like. We'd love to have you join us in worship of our Creator this Sunday at 9.30 a.m. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. Worldwide, more than 8 in 10 people identify with a religious group. There are 5.8 billion religiously affiliated adults and children around the globe, representing 84% of the 2010 world population of 6.9 billion. 2.2 billion Christians, 32% of the world's population. 1.6 billion Muslims, 23%. 1 billion Hindus, 15%. Nearly 500 million Buddhists, 7%. And 14 million Jews, 0.2% around the world as of 2010. Roughly one in six people around the globe, that's 1.1 billion or 16%, have no religious affiliation. This makes the unaffiliated the third largest religious group worldwide behind Christians and Muslims and about equal in size to the world's Catholic population. That information is via Pew Research Center. The Word of God says in Ecclesiastes 12, beginning verse 13, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. See, I told you we'd be back. The virtual Bible study continues. And we're back on the program going to the top of the hour. As we've looked at uh, some basic principles, and it's very easy to establish from the Scriptures tonight as we have, that it's possible to worship, offer God worship that's not pleasing to Him. They did it in the Old Testament. They did it in the New Testament. Not everything that is called worship is acceptable and pleasing to God. Basic principle number one. Basic principle number two is that God must be the object of our worship. We're worshiping God. We're not worshiping ourselves. And that men have been guilty. As we looked at basic principle number three, men have been guilty throughout time of worshiping them to, uh, abusing worship to please themselves. They did it in the Old Testament. They did it in the New Testament. And then the conclusion of the matter tonight in our discussion is we want to make sure that we're not guilty of the same. We want to look at some ways that men have made worship about pleasing themselves instead of about pleasing God. Um, Kent uh, from Georgia, from Calhoun, Georgia, has has made a kind of a, a list of things that uh, individuals have invented to please themselves. Uh, uh, I read that inverted. I shouldn't have. Read, I didn't read oh, it. You ought to read that earlier. No, 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 no. I just as you as you're going through there, I read in, instead of invented, I put inver, I read inverted in my mind. But that's that's what's happening, isn't it? People are inverting this picture that it's all yeah. about them. They're putting yeah. them at the top here. 
but God is the one who needs to okay. be worshipped. So here's some of the things he mentioned. Mechanical instruments of music added to singing. You know, we just did a, a program a couple of weeks ago, Jacob, on uh, whether or not instrumental music was acceptable to God. And uh, the conclusion was clear that in New Testament worship, we should not be using instrumental music, but almost everybody does. Yeah. And so right there, you would catch a whole bunch of people in unacceptable worship because they're doing something that's not authorized by God. Oh, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. That instrument really helps me be uplifted. Well, there you go. It's about me, isn't it? See, that that's what we've been talking about all night long. People are going to justify that by what they like uh, instead of what God has authorized. That That right there in itself is a real great illustration of the point that we're making. All right. Because what everybody says about instrumental music is, I like it. It uplifts me. It it helps me. It pleases me. It sounds so good. It sounds good. It it really gets me into the worship. And so that's the determining factor, whether or not we're going to have it. Well, then that's not uh, worried about pleasing God, is it? It's more about pleasing man. Kent goes on to mention burning of incense, lighting of candles. Mm -hmm. You know, those kind of things are often done to evoke emotional responses. Yeah. And so this this overt em, em, emotionalism of modern-day worship is, well, does that make God more pleased? No, it makes me feel like I've had a greater experience. Okay. Uh, uh, then he mentions a couple of uh, uh, things that the Catholics have done, praying to Mary, using of a rosary, veneration of so-called saints. Yeah. Uh, uh, all of those things certainly are. Uh, we've we've actually done programs on the virtual Bible study in the past where we talked about some abuses that the Catholics have introduced. Uh, changes uh, the observance of the Lord's Supper. We've seen this in recent years uh, among churches of Christ, especially. We've seen some some changes uh, about the observance of the Lord's Supper, all intended to make people feel better about it. Mm-hmm. Well, what? If that's the goal, then we can we can change lots of things. But if we're trying to do it simply to please God, we'll do it His way. Um, ch- turning the song service, singing of psalms, hymns, spiritual songs into entertainment. Uh, I think the expression they, they use now is praise teams. They have these praise teams, you know, that yeah. they get up and perform before uh, an assembly. Uh, special singing group. So all of those things that Kent mentioned, I think, are, are really good. Absolutely. Thank you for those, Kent. And he mentions two examples that, uh, that we didn't include in our, our discussion, which we should have. Cain, in Genesis chapter 4, he offered sacrifice that wasn't pleasing to God. It was a sacrifice. By definition, a sacrifice means you're, he's giving up. He's He's making uh, some type of uh, offering to the Lord. He's, he's well, really, there's no other way to say it. They're not making a sacrifice. He was giving himself. Say, oh, that's so nice of you. That's wonderful. And I, I, I love you for it, and I, and I accept it. Oh, it's a, you did it, and that's whatever you want to do is great. No, God didn't accept him. He says, the, the, for, and, and, in fact, this is real interesting because the episode with Cain and Abel is really the first recorded act of, of worship. worship. And there was somebody abusing it at the very beginning. At, at the very start, there was somebody who didn't do it the way they should, and their, and their worship wasn't accepted. And notice what God says in verse 7, If you do well, will you not be accepted? The inverse of that would be, if you don't do well, you won't be accepted. Exactly. If you do well, you will be accepted. If you don't do well, you won't be accepted. God didn't accept his worship. God's not accepting many people's worship today as they seek to please themselves. And then he also mentions Nadab and Abihu in Leviticus chapter 10. We have to mention them as well because they were serving God and making sacrifices, going to some effort here, no doubt. It wasn't easy to offer a sacrifice to God. And they were burning incense. I mean, all of that's good, right? Yeah, and notice in, Nate, in chapter 10 of Leviticus, verse 1, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took each took a censer and put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Nadab and Abihu, not following the instructions that they had been given. They were doing worship. They were sacrificing to the Lord. And God said, I've got no use for that. He struck them dead. And, you know, it's amazing. Well, now, uh, i got to just stop there. That, isn't that being kind of picky? Uh, I mean, fire is fire. Incense is incense. I mean, 
is are you serious to tell me that they had to take their fire from a specific place before God could be pleased? And of course, the answer is absolutely yes. They ha- they had to they had to worship God specifically and exactly like He had instructed. And if they didn't, it wasn't pleasing to God. And so, the native and Abihu are a great example of the fact you can worship God, and it's definitely not pleasing to Him. And, and here's they what, even died for it. Here's what God said about worship there in verse three. Uh, after He struck them dead, Moses said to Aaron, "This is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy, and before all the people, I must be glorified.' So God is not glorified. God is not worshipped if we're not following His commands." And uh, for reminding us of that important principle, uh, that when we're serving ourselves, when we're doing what we want to do instead of what God wants to do, God is not pleased. Uh, we've got to make sure we're following his instructions. Ramona talks about some ways that men have made worship about pleasing themselves instead of pleasing God. She gets close to that, uh, what you were talking there about Victoria uh, Osteen. She references the prosperity minister. Yeah. So that's certainly, I mean, I don't know if it gets any more detail, no more obvious than that when you look at uh, the, those who are worshiping uh, at the altar of those uh, characters. Boy, certainly it is about pleasing themselves instead of about pleasing God. It's about what will make me healthy, wealthy, and wise, not about what God wants me to be doing. All right, I've, I've been overlooking several comments on the Facebook page, Jacob. Let me run back and catch them. Kevin is uh, hey, Kevin. watching on the road in Nashville. Tonight. Nashville, Kevin, yeah. you should have come down here and helped us with our technical difficulties. Yeah, Harold says uh, uh, hey, Harold. That, that there was a problem that Paul states in Romans one twenty five, worshiping the creature more than the creator. There you go. Yeah. Uh, in other words, it was worship, but it clearly wasn't right. Yep. Uh, Kevin says, how can we know how to worship unless the one to be worshipped tells us what's expected? How can I expect my worship is, uh, how can I ex- expect my worship to be exceeds from the requirement of the one who we're worshiping? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Harold says, when we worship the creature more than creator, we're actually uh, engaged in idolatry. There you go. There uh, you go. And the results of that, uh, of worshiping anything, anyone other than God, are spelled out in Romans 1, beginning verse 21, all the way yep. to the All the terrible all, things all, that they were doing. Yeah. Yep. And then Kristen, oh, wait a minute, let me get back to that. How did I lose that? Oh, boy. Let me go back. Oh, all right. boy. A little user error. Uh, That's little, okay. User error. I'll all get right. back to it. Uh, go ahead. All right. Um, well, there's other ways that we can be guilty of making worship about pleasing ourselves instead of about pleasing God. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, when we are not devoted to hearing the entirety of God's truth, then our worship and our service to God will not be what it should be. 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning verse 3, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. There was going to come a time, and I think that time is here now, when folks will not endure sound doctrine, they don't want to hear the unadulterated truths of God's word. They want a watered-down version. And they so, want to be entertained. They don't want so to hear hard teachers. And so you even hear preachers teachers. who specifically say that they won't preach on certain themes. They just want to preach. I've known of preachers who specifically said they just want to deal with positive things. They don't want to talk about anything negative. And so they 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 actually eliminate from their preaching anything that would be considered negative. And they only want to deal with positive things, and, and they're not teaching the whole counsel of God. You know, Paul uh, said to the elders at Ephesus uh, in Acts chapter 20, um, let me get to that, in Acts chapter 20, Verse 26, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. The whole counsel of God. But there, lots of preachers today would not be able to say we'll that. cover those things. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. All and right. so when, when, when we, this is just evidence of the fact we're trying to please men rather than God. If, if there are biblical topics that I won't cover, I know God wants them to be covered because he included them in the Bible. But if I don't, if I won't deal with them, who am I trying to please here? Yeah. Pretty obvious I'm trying to please men, right? Yep. It's not going to be acceptable to God. I got back to Kristen's comment. She says, 
uh, I'm guilty of feeling unsatisfied if we struggle with our song service or something else of that nature. But we are truly blessed to be able to worship God, period. And I always try to keep that in mind. In other words, uh, I think Kristen is saying, <clears throat> if I think the songs were flat or too slow or not the ones I like, and I and I don't and and I feel like the worship wasn't really great because I didn't get to sing the songs I wanted oh, or I didn't sing them or they didn't get sung very well or something. How many times have you heard that? I mean, you hear that comment. Oh, they didn't leave the they leave those old songs all the time, or the they leave the, the, they they drug that song on on so long that tempo was so slow. What's this about? Is it about pleasing me or pleasing God? Now, certainly, we want our song service to be uh, as good as it can be. But if I'm disappointed because it wasn't something that I liked, is that uh, really uh, about worshiping God, or is it about worshiping myself? Is it pleasing myself? Exactly right. Good comment, Kristen. Thank you for that. Uh, um, some other examples, ways that people, that you can see that people are trying to please men rather than please God. Uh, um, what about worship that just sort of is is go, goes through repet, habitual repetition uh, without without um, yeah. any meaning? Yeah, you know, for instance, if uh, and you can maybe picture in your mind some some worship scenes where people are just sort of chanting repetitive phrases. You ever? Yeah, I don't know if you ever been in the car listening to the you know those Catholic radio stations where they're doing the rosary or at night or they're doing those uh, those chants. Boy, I tell you, it's just mind numbing. Yeah, uh, there's certainly not any uh, thinking about that. Blah, 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 and then the audience, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's just. Certainly, vain repetition. So, so if it's, it's if it's just something that uh, is done to sort of put people in a trance or to get them to an emotional state of some sort or another, but it's not according to the will of God, who who, who are we doing it for? We're we doing it for God or yeah. for man? Yeah. Uh, um, Matthew six verse seven references those vain repetitions. Yeah. And then I would argue, Jacob, and we're just about out of time, but I would argue that anything that we do that it is not does not maintain proper order. The, the text I have in mind, of course, is First Corinthians fourteen thirty three. Let all things be done decently and in order. Uh, if 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 I'm not if 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 it's just sort of an uncontrolled, uh, spontaneous, uh, off the cuff kind of a situation, that's not the worship God asked for. All right. So as we look at this and consider the question at, at the end of the program again, could I be guilty of this? We have to remember Colossians 2, verse 17, or 3.17, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through him. I've got to have authority for all that I do. That includes my worship. I've got to be worshiping God in a way that he is instructed. And and that goes back to John 4, verse 24. God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I've got to follow the instructions he's given me. I look all through the, te- and the, the scriptures, Old and New Testament. People are condemned. God didn't accept their worship because they didn't do it the way he told them to do it. Thank so you. clear. And they, he also uh, condemned them for not worshiping with the right heart and with the right attitude. And if I'm not doing those things, even though I call it worship, but I'm doing it because it's what I want to do, and it's following the pattern that I made up, God's not going to be pleased. Exactly right. All right. Uh, so I think it's a worthwhile study. I, uh, a lot of, I, I'm just sad to say a lot of people are missing it, missing it pretty badly. It's very important, very critical. And uh, we've got to examine ourselves and examine our worship and uh, ask, am I worshiping God the way that he would have me to worship him? Uh, that's an important question, Kyle, and it's something that uh, we all need to consider. It is. I think it's um, just a parting thought. It's uh, We just did a – the past few weeks we've done a cursory uh, – Look through the Proverbs. Last night we talked about uh, pride, and that's something we need to do some self-reflecting and make sure that we're not being prideful about our worship, that we're not saying, you know, well, I know I'm worshiping right. We need to really look at our worship and 
put our own pride aside and say, are we worshiping God the way he wants to be worshipped? I, I that's think that's a really to, good point. What would, what, what would be the reason why I would want to do it to please myself rather than, than doing it how I know God would be pleased? And that would be pride. Yeah. I think you're right. And as we can't, none of us are immune to this. We could be part of a church that does everything exactly like God said to do it. But if our heart's not right, as Christ, Kristen mentioned in her comment, if my attitude is not right about this, and, and I'm, I've got some motives here that aren't right, if I've got some attitudes about the worship that aren't right, I can be just as guilty as the guy that's riding the bull in the arena, yeah. in the church building. Yeah. Uh, so we've got to be very careful about that. All right, we're out of time. All right. Kyle, thanks for helping us get on the on the air tonight. It was a good study. Glad to have you here. We're yeah, trying to get some time. of our technical issues ironed out before next week. Yeah, we got out there, though, and if you're listening in the podcast, you'll never know the difference, hopefully. Uh, so thank you for being here. Uh, and we hope that you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. We hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, wish in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the Internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the Virtual Bible Study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.